Bear-down, Bears fans, it's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you, and we are back with another podcast because sometimes when the guest is available, you just got to jump on and do a podcast. That's exactly what we're doing today because Ted Ginn Jr. is going to join us one of the newest members of the Chicago Bears, someone who is going to definitely have an impact both on offense and on special teams for the Chicago Bears club here. They needed speed, and speed Ted Ginn has. So looking forward to a good conversation with him. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. But before I bring him aboard, have to talk about the news that broke over the weekend, which if you listen to this podcast, no surprise here, Mitch Trubisky's Fifth-year option has indeed been declined by the Chicago Bears, so he will be a free agent after this season. And before I get into one aspect of this, you know, on the football field and, and the reasoning behind this was obviously sound. And the Bears have $20 million and a three-year contract committed to Nick Foles. That is not something you do to a backup quarterback. That is something you do to someone you expect to be starting at quarterback for this team at some point. There is no other way about it. And now that the fact that the Bears have declined this fifth-year option, these things are all lining up into what, obviously, I've been saying makes a ton of sense for months about this whole situation. And look, the bottom line on this fifth-year option This fifth-year option was going to be worth almost $25 million, $24 million and change. The non-exclusive franchise tag right now, now keep in mind, the franchise tag has two different elements, non-exclusive and exclusive. The Cowboys put the exclusive tag on Dak Prescott. That's why his tag is $31, $32 million. If the Bears, if Mitch Trubisky figures it out and has a mega season this year, which Again, I know I am labeled now as a Trubisky hater. That is not the truth. I think I'm a Trubisky realist. The best thing for this Chicago Bears franchise is for Mitch Trubisky to win the job against Nick Foles, have a tremendous season, figure it out, and be able to become the Bears quarterback for the next 10 years. So that's what I'm cheering for. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what I want to see happen. So there's a big difference of being a Trubisky hater and cheering against him or someone who just sees the writing on the walls and sees that the Bears need to move on. But if by some chance Mitch Trubisky figures all this out and puts together the season that I'll just say the Trubisky truthers believe is coming and have believed all along, well then look. Now you've seen people say, well, if he figures it out, now he's going to be a free agent. The Bears will lose him. They'll look stupid. No. All right. They'll put the non-exclusive tag on him, which should be worth about $27 million and change. So not that much more than his fifth-year option. The non-exclusive tag, in order to lose him, someone would have to be willing to part with not one, but two first-round picks. The Chicago Bears would get that team's next two First round picks, the same price in essence as actually a steeper price than Khalil Mack, because forget those day three picks and those later picks. The Bears got a second round pick in return. So if someone wants to pay a steeper price than the Bears did on Khalil Mack for Mitch Trubisky, then I guarantee you, even if he throws for 4,000 yards and 30-some touchdowns, 
Ryan Pace will happily let Mitch Trubisky leave and recoup those two first-round picks. Now, assuming that that doesn't happen, then they just put the franchise tag on him to be safe. And look, I'll be honest, the opinion of Mitch Trubisky in NFL circles is extraordinarily low, as you can imagine, coming off that season. So it's going to take an awful lot for Mitch Trubisky to erase the opinion of what the NFL has of him. And what I mean by that is, if Mitch Trubisky goes out there and throws 26 touchdown passes, 3,800 yards, 11 picks, has a nice little season, uses his legs, and, the, and leads the Bears to an 11-5, 12-4, 13-3 record, the Bears fans are going to be really happy with it. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be pretty darn happy with that, you'd have to imagine. But I don't think any other teams are going to be willing to commit big-time dollars to Mitch Trubisky off of that season based on some of the hairier seasons he had previously. That's not going to erase those ghosts. So Mitch Trubisky is not going to be getting a four-year, $125 million contract offer or anything like that. He's not going to get that much. So the Bears could very easily, in my opinion, still, they could put the tag on him to be safe or even before it gets to the point of having to tag him, I think you could get a two-year, let's call it $40 million contract with about $20 million guaranteed, where in that first year, you're just paying Mitch about $15 million. And in that second year, if Mitch doesn't pan out, you can still let him go, just have three, four million, whatever left of dead cap for the following year. But if Mitch does continue to figure out, well, then you'll happily pay the $25 million in year two. I think a contract like that could easily be worked out. I think Mitch Trubisky is very appreciative of the opportunity the Bears gave him. I think he completely understands why Nick Foles is in a Bears uniform right now. And he would have, I don't think he's bitter or angry. He, Mitch Trubisky is too good of a guy. I think Mitch would have no problem signing a contract like that and, you know, letting the experiment continue to see if he continues to develop. Now, Let's just assume none of that happens and Trubisky does not develop. Then the Bears made the right choice here, declining the fifth-year option. And, and I hear that, oh, well, it's only guaranteed due to injury. Well, all right, let's play it out. Why risk that less than 1% chance? And I get it, 1%, you know, 2%, less than 1%, whatever it might be, chance that Mitch Trubisky suffers a catastrophic injury and the fifth-year option becomes guaranteed the following year. You guys saw how strapped for cash the Bears are right now and how much maneuvering they had to do with this free agent, you know, this offseason and what free agents they could sign, the kind of cap-friendly deal that Nick Foles had to renegotiate. You guys have seen all that. I know you have. So things aren't suddenly getting better next year. The Bears are still going to be strapped for cash. So if Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option, if he unfortunately suffers some kind of catastrophic knee injury and cannot pass a physical at the end of the year, and that fifth-year option becomes guaranteed, then the Chicago Bears are on the hook for Trubisky at $25 million a year, and he's coming off an injury. There is no reason, even as remote as it might be, to risk that. They simply cannot do it. So declining the fifth-year option has been the smart move all along. And the last thing I'm going to say on this is the narrative that has evolved 
over the last four months to me in both fans and in the media, the local Chicago media, is laughable. Now, I get plenty of things wrong. I am not sitting here saying that I am Adam Schefter. I have gotten plenty of things wrong. But I came out on Twitter and on this podcast at the beginning of January and said, Mitch Trubisky, the Bears are not committing to Mitch Trubisky this offseason. I got loaded up with comments on Windy City Gridiron articles. I got loaded up with comments on Twitter, basically calling me an idiot and that the fifth-year option would be picked up and that, did you hear Ryan Pace? He said they're committing to Mitch Trubisky. And I said, don't listen to that. Don't pay any attention to that. This team is not committing to Mitch Trubisky. I stood fast in it. I said they were, I thought they were probably going to pick up Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was the runner up here. And I don't think Andy Dalton was willing to agree to a type of contract that Nick Foles did. I think that's why Nick Foles settled in to the primary spot here. Because as you saw all the rumors, the Bears were in pursuit of Andy Dalton just about the entire offseason and just couldn't make it work. So not just the fans attacking me on Twitter and on and in, in comment section, but the media as well. And I'm not going to name names. You can go back and look. But all the main Bears beat writers, pretty much all of them out of the gate. Wow, look at that. Ryan Pace committing to Mitch Trubisky. Next season's over. That's well, a disgrace. It's terrible. It's a mess. Then you get to the NFL Combine, and, 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 Trubi- and Nagy and Pace didn't really say much different. Now, you had a couple of the media types in Chicago starting to change their opinion. Well, maybe... He's not committing to Trubisky, but you still had plenty of media types. They've committed to Trubisky. They're going to pick up the fifth-year option. And again, I said all along, that's when I had my huge rant about this fifth-year option and how the Bears are not committing to Mitch Trubisky. And I was still told by several people that I didn't know what I was talking about. And now we finally progress to where we are now. Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option gets declined over the weekend. And what do we hear from media and from fans Though that was the most obvious story of the offseason. Everybody knew that Trubisky's fifth-year option was was going to be declined. Everybody knew that they were going to bring in not just competition for Mitch, but someone who was most likely going to unseat Trubisky as the starter. Everybody knew, everybody knew, everybody knew. I will just say BS. You, I'm not saying you guys as listeners, I hope you paid some attention to me, but the fans and the media, this, they, they have done a complete 180. When, when uh, Ian Rappaport, when he tweeted out at the end of the season that the Chicago Bears have wholeheartedly committed to Mitch Trubisky and he will be the quarterback at the end of the, in the 2020 season, I quote tweeted that and said, this will, you know, rap's good. He gets plenty of great info. This tweet is wrong and it will prove to be wrong. And again, I got people telling me, you're going to question Ian Rappaport? Who the hell are you? I'm telling you right now that this decision about the fifth-year option and the Bears moving on from Mitch Trubisky was done well a long, long time ago. The season had not ended, and the Bears had already made this decision. So do not sit there and tell me, as media and fans, that this has been obvious all along because nobody was saying it. Nobody was saying it back then. So I'll pat myself on the back. There we go. Because I, you know, I had a little nugget. I put it out there. Everyone told me I was an idiot. I feel a little vindicated now. So yeah, I'll do an I told you so. Because 
This entire offseason has been nauseating from, from watching these narratives change and how, oh, I, I always thought this was going to be the case with Mitch. Ah, stop. Enough. All right. Enough of that. Fifth-year option. That was big news. Um, but time to get to our guests. So we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we will be joined by Ted Ginn Jr. This is Bears Banter, Bill Zimmerman. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back into the podcast. Very excited here for our next guest. He is Ted Ginn Jr., the newest member of the Chicago Bears, and he joins us now. Ted, Bill Zimmerman, how are you? How you doing? How you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm very excited that you are a member of the Chicago Bears, and I guess I'll start right there with, you know, I, I know you had a few different offers and we're, we're weighing a few different things. So why Chicago? Uh, you know, it was, it was the best fit for me. Uh, going late into my career, a uh, team that actually wanted you, actually had the interest to call you and, and wanted to pick your brain and wanted you to come out, you know. Uh, why not? You know, uh, it's a great team. Uh, I had great conversations with Nagy, uh, you know, and uh, why not? You know, it's, I'm, a, I'm a Midwest guy, you know, and uh, coming back this way, just bring my family closer to, to yeah. where we're trying to, uh, you know, bring ourselves back to as far as, you know, uh, the end of our career. So uh, Chicago was the best fit, and I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, excellent, excellent. Now, I know you said you had conversations with Nagy. Have, have they kind of given you any indication as to – how you would slot in this offense, how they want to utilize you. I mean, obviously, we know you got the speed, so and, and the, the Bears offense needed speed. So so, so that, that that obviously jumps right to the front. Well, you know, man, I'm just going to go out and just ask, ask, well, just do what they asked me to do, you know. Uh, you know, we all know that I bring the speed element to the game, so they're going to put it to where they need to be used and, uh, you know, help my guy Robinson out and, and just have fun and, and enjoy this time. Now you, I know you said earlier that that you've run a four-two-two. Uh, I know that was maybe some younger legs. I know those legs still fly. What what what's what do you think the the Ted Ginn Jr. forty time is right now? Well, I'm under four-four for sure. So wow, that's know, I, uh, I don't I don't see uh, you know just jumping right off right now. You know, it could be a little tricky. But as far as you know, working out and putting a proper time into running a forty, I could drop something which people wouldn't think I can do. <laughs> now, I know you said, you know, you're getting later on in your career and you wanted to kind of, you're a Midwest guy, wanted to return to Chicago. Now, I mean, we've heard things like Tom Brady wants to play till he's 45. I know sometimes athletes have like numbers. I mean, do you have a number in your head? Does, does Ted Ginn Jr. want to play till he's 40 years old or are you just going to keep playing until you just decide to hang it up? Well, you know, uh, my goal was to do 10 years. I got to that. My next goal was to do 15. I'm at 14, you know. And then my end goal was to do 18. So, you know, as as the years go on, you know, sometimes them, them years get a little short. But from the blessed Chicago Bears, I'm able to get to 14. Hope I can get to 15 and 16 with you guys, and, and hope that 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 continue on. A absolutely. Now. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a key role in this offense where they can utilize your speed. But you know, there's there's things in special teams that you've done as well, and, and Corderell Patterson's here, and you guys can do some similar things in there. A any thoughts on how both of you can get utilized on special teams? Well, you know, man, we go out and just let the coaches handle that. You know, 
Um, that guy I've been doing this for a long time. I work out with uh, CP. You know, uh, we have similar friends that we know down here in North Carolina. You know, so, um, you know, I just go in and whatever they ask me to do, I do. But I really know that's kind of like a, that's his show. You know, that's what he does. You know, he's good at it. And, you know, let him let him go ahead and finish that out. And whatever we can make things mix and match, we, we'll, we'll make it work. Now, I, I want to get into some, some things I've read and seen about you, about, you know, how you were in the locker room in New Orleans. But before I get to that, kind of a transition to that, the – the Bears drafted someone in the fifth round out of Tulane, a wide receiver named uh, Darnell Mooney. He's, he's also got a, a really good speed element to his game. Is that something that you think you could, you could help with, is take a guy like Darnell under your wing and kind, kind of show him the ropes here in the NFL and, and how, to, how to utilize your athleticism? Well, yeah, you know, uh, in this game, man, it's just not a, a youth factor. Like, you need every guy in that room, you know, so – as we build this thing and we go into our journey, you know, we're going to need all hands on deck, all feet on deck, you know. So if he become one of them guys that's in our room that's ready to come in and play and he have his head on straight, you know, he'll fall right into the line. And, you know, we're going to do whatever we can to make him be just as better than me or or whoever that that's, you feel like is in front of him. Uh, you just had to come in and have your head on straight and, and everything else to take over for him. So, you know, as far as the speed element, it's just really about him getting the playbook and different things down, you know, to be able to uh, use his speed and, and his, speed, his speed be effective. Now, I, I was reading some stuff about you in New Orleans, and they were talking about, about losing you as a member of the Saints and what you bring on the field, but also about what you brought to the locker room and that a lot of the players called you the OG. And, you know, I saw a writer call you everybody's favorite uncle. Now, like if, if the young guys in Chicago start calling you Uncle Ted, is, is that is that a compliment or is that an insult? <laughs> no, you you know, you kind of go, you go with your time, you know. Um, it's just like being a, a human. Like you're a baby, you become a teenager, you become an adult, then you become older and it kind of seems like you go back to a baby. Like, you know, um, but, you know, it's just it's part of my time. It's part of my culture. I'm glad that I could be in the locker room and somebody could see me as a guy like that, you know, that somebody could come and talk to me in any type of way. And I could kind of have some type of answer for them, you know, um, no matter, uh, no matter, you know, the age. Now, you know, your father, Ted Ginn senior, um, you know, he, he, I know he had a lot to do in, in your development as, as a person and as a player, how important was was he, you know, growing up for you and helped guiding you into your NFL career? And, and how important is he still to, to this day? I mean, he's everything, you know. Uh, you know, without him creating that journey for us, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't know me, you know. Uh, without him being there, you know, in rough times when things weren't going right back the NFL, I could have been at home, you know. Uh, so just, to, you know, just the handouts that he have gave us throughout this lifetime has been great. You know, he's always going to be a part of the journey. I mean, why he, he can't, cannot be, you know. So, uh, you know, just pick and choose and using for what he's good for, for the times that you need him. And, you know, and that's all you can really go for. What, what about the, the Ginn Academy and, and everything, everything that's done? How, how much pride do you, you take in, in like, the, the, the Ginn family name and that academy and everything? And, and I mean, I, I don't know, 10, 15 NFL players? I mean, I know that a lot, a lot of talent has, has come through. Well, you know, uh, we're, just, we're just putting out Ginn men, you know. Uh, that's just our model, and that's what we do. And, 
they don't always have to be on the football field or the or, or in the sports world, you know, just getting men, period. And uh, that's something he didn't focus on. That's something that he started with us, and he's been able to create in, into many and change that ratio from one or two guys being able to go to the league to, you know, a couple guys going and really being a name, just like Frank Clark just went to the Super Bowl and came home was one. You know, he's straight from our school. And, um, you know, it's just things like that. It's, it's a collective combined uh, success, um, I would say, with us, you know, especially with with that name, you know. And uh, as long as, you know, I can continue to keep the footsteps alive, I can, you know, be that live example for him. And then, you know, his his goal and his passion of moving kids can still be, be there for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. A few more here with Ted Ginn here before we let him go. So, I mean, uh, off the football field here, this has been obviously a, a unique time for all of us with, with quarantining and, and staying inside. And, you know, I think some people are enjoying the extra time with their family and other people are, are, are craving to get outside and do, do anything. How's, how's quarantine life been for you? Well, it's been great. I mean, you know, around this time, there's always quarantine for for the NFL guys, you know, you usually be at home, you know, um, you know, doing all the, the stuff that you missed out in the last six or eight months, you know. So we are really just now beginning back into the mix of things, you know what I'm saying, where you'll be away from home in certain situations. But, um, you know, I love home, man. I love my family. I, it's been great, you know. It's just time for us to, you know, kind of do it like the old school way, you know, where, you know, everything really happens in the house. How much How much impact did this have on free agency for you personally with, you know, not being able to do visits and, and things obviously being done a little differently? How much did that have much of an impact? I wouldn't say like a, a real big impact, you know. Uh, I think the market went around like the market was going to go around no matter if you was going into or uh, going to see somebody or not. Um, I think it really helped waste some of the, airtime that you usually will go and do and really just get the, the conversation really going over the phone. So I like that, you know, where, you know, you don't go and have to spend uh, five or six hours in a facility and then the deal doesn't work out and you come on back home. Well, at least you could have did it over the phone. And if it worked out now, I can go get my uh, physical or whatever it may be and, you know, sign my papers and come on back home, you know? So, you know, I like it, that standpoint of it. All right. And how difficult, and I don't know if maybe you talked to any incoming rookies yet or anything. I mean, obviously you went through the whole draft process, you know, coming out of Ohio State, ended up being a top 10 pick and, and, and meeting with teams and going through that whole process and, and, and all that. And, and obviously this process, this off season got kind of, kind of derailed and these guys and GMs and teams, you know, everyone had to adapt on the fly. How how difficult and challenging do you think that was from a from a prospect perspective of not having the the traditional recruitment or, or whatever you want to call it leading into the draft? Well, I don't think it's I, I think you really put everything out there before all that before all that really happens. You know, uh every kid that went in that draft had a season. You were able to see them, they was able to go and watch film on them and do whatever they it, it, you know, whatever it takes for them to pick a kid. Uh I just think it's kind of different far as, you know, just the kid actually being able to say, this is what I did. Like, you know, he probably, probably, he probably felt like he was in another 
college recruiting type deal experience because that's how my deal felt like, you know, God just getting your number, calling you up. Hey, this is what we got. How do you feel about it? Woo, woo, woo. You know what I'm saying? Now here we go. We off and running. If, if it's interest in it, it's interest. If it's not, it's not. Um, so I just really say uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be the whole experience gonna be new because it's new to us. You know, yeah. as 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 a guy, 14 years in, I never had a virtual install in my life. Like you know what I'm saying? So it is a new situation for everybody. And I think once we understand what is going on and we put, we wrap our arms and our hands around it, um, we can move forward and we can really get the best out of it. Well, you, you know, you, you brought that up, the, the virtual install of learning a new offense. I, I know, you know, this is all just kind of starting and everything, but you know, you've been around, around the league a, a long time. So obviously you, you've been in different offenses. Do you think picking up an offense in this unique situation is going to be a challenge or you think you're going to be able to, to get it run, you know, without an issue? It, it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a challenge because nine times out of 10, when you go and you look in your playbook the night before the next day, you get some type of quiz, no matter if it was a walkthrough, uh, no matter if it was your homeboys, no matter if it's a quarterback asking you something like uh, somebody else might've had a question, but, didn't know how to answer it, so he might come up and ask you. You might have that same answer. So, um, you know, it, it is kind of tough because that sitting around, that, uh, you know, just having that free time where, you know, you don't always want to go ask the coach something. You don't always want to go ask the coordinator something. And you got your buddy over here. You got your guy over here. Well, how do you all run this? How do you do that? And that's kind of kind of tough because you're on a FaceTime. So, Everything is through a text and make sure that somebody picked up the text or whatever like that. So it, 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 it do brings like like that that building side of it is tough, you know, as far as, you know, staying together as one. Now, just 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 a couple more for you here. Um, your name is a name that comes up seemingly you know, not every offseason because it's not you're not always on a one one year deal. But you're, anytime you've been a free agent, your name is just one of those names. And I think it's the Ohio State. So you got that Big Ten connection to Chicago, a name that pops up in in Chicago fans. A lot of oh, Ted Ginn Jr., Ted Ginn Jr. Has ha, have the Bears in the past ever been a team that was highly considered or highly recruited you? Or is this really kind of the first time that, that Chicago was an option? No, like I said before, um... This, this, my last free agency, Chicago, was in my top list, you know, as, as coming. You know, they put a pretty good offer out there, you know. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a couple of hours in between of a, of a decision of, you know, go to Chicago or play with Drew Brees. So I chose to do that, like, you know. Tough uh, not to choose that, that time. <laughs> yeah, and then being in, that, being in that conference, Carolina not bringing me back, you know, I had a little revenge in my heart, in my soul a little bit. So, you know, I, I knew uh, the DBs around from where I was coming from, from Atlanta to Tampa Bay, and now coming with New Orleans, you know, I kind of knew them guys. So uh, I had a lot of success. So that was really why I wanted to stay where I was at, you know. But this year, um, you know, uh, Nagy really hit it over the head with me a lot, you know, just – no phone calls and really just not really talking about ball, you know, just really just trying to get to know me, me trying to get to know him. And I think that's, I think that's more of a 
the bigger point of, you know, recognize that, you know, I am a grown man, 35 years old, wife and kids, like, you know, uh, just understanding who I am and what I bring and what I should, you know, what I will want from time to time. And, you know, it was just a great situation that made me feel comfortable to make my family feel comfortable to make that move. Makes sense. Now, now you, you brought up Carolina. So let me ask you a last one here. Uh, you, you had a lot of success with Cam Newton. You guys really seem to really jive well on the, on the field and you had a lot of big plays, you know, Cam's a free agent right now. You know, I think a lot of teams are concerned that he, he may not be healthy. He's putting out videos showing how hard he's working. You, you know, wh- what do you think is going to happen here for Cam here these, these next few months getting on track? And, you know, he may not have a starting, starting you know, spot available on a team, which is, is hard to imagine. Well, you know, um, I can't really speak for, you know, why he's at home or, you know, why he should be where he's at. Uh, only thing I can say is Cam is a, is a great guy, man. Uh, he's a he's a hell of a football player, man. He's an MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. He's uh, he has all that in him, man. He's a diehard, you know, uh, quarterback. You know, and whoever get him and wherever he lands, y'all gonna have a monster, man. <laughs> However, they could put him in and uh, fulfill what he likes to do and what drives that offense or that that team um, is going to be scary and everybody should watch out. <laughs> All right. And we'll finish with this. What's more fun for you catching an 80 yard bomb, you know, over the shoulder and, and run it in the rest of the way for a touchdown or turning a five yard slant into an 80 yard touchdown. Oh yeah. Five yard slant into an 80 yard touchdown. Easy. That's it. That's always, that's always like what you want to do. Like the, the bomb is like what's given to you. Like the slant is what they try to stop you from catching the bomb. So if I can do both of them, then it's like, what do we take away from me? <laughs> Perfect. All right. There he is. Ted Ginn Jr. The newest member of the Chicago bears absolutely will be making an impact uh, on the field this fall and in the locker room, as, as you can tell, Ted, Bill Zimmerman, again, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt. All right, there he is, Ted Ginn Jr. What what a spot. Ted, Ted's Ted's a delight to talk to. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I really enjoy talking to him. He just he gives you well thought out answers. He gives you honest answers. And you can see the Bears aren't just after his speed, which we know they desperately needed in the offense, but how clear is it after listening to him talk that this is a Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace guy. They always talk about characters and good locker room guys. And you see the kind of locker room that Nagy and Pace have built right now. How well does Ted Ginn fit into that locker room? Perfectly. That, that, is, that is a great spot for him, both on and off the field. And, and you heard that there from, from Ginn, that uh, before he signed with the Saints, he was heavily considering the Chicago Bears, but decided to play with Drew Brees and... Being that three years ago that this was Mike Glennon's team and Mitch Trubisky hadn't even been drafted, I could see why Ted chose Drew Brees over Mike Glennon. Just just maybe, maybe, maybe that one was obvious. So we'll be back with another podcast soon. Bear down, everybody. Bill Zimmerman here. <laughs>